0: This is the Talk Theater in Chicago interview podcast. I'm your host this week, Ann Nicholson Weber, and my guest is Jackie Taylor, the founder and executive director of Black Ensemble Theater. She's an actor, playwright, director, uh, educator, and um, I want to take this opportunity since the company is now 35 years old and right. celebrating a big uh-huh, anniversary uh-huh. and also looking forward to creating a new space seems like a good time to kind of survey where you've been and look ahead to where you might be going.
1: All right. 35 years ago at the age of nine years old. Okay, that's a joke. Okay, <laughs> um, I'm an actress and I, in uh, 1974 I made a major motion picture. It was called Cooley High hmm. and that propelled me into a, a contract with American International Pictures hmm. um, and within that contract I had to read a lot of scripts and, uh, at that time you had to play whatever role it was that they wanted you to play. Mm-hmm. I found the experience, um, thinking that, oh, okay, here I go. I'm about to be the first African American to win the Academy Award. Uh, but I found the whole experience of black exploitation movies to be, uh, disgusting Mm -hmm. to say the least. Mm -hmm. Um, and the roles that they wanted me to play weren't, uh, just, they were, they were, it just wasn't anti-black. It was just, it was (laughs) anti-human. Um, the, I found the roles insulting, uh, belittling and the messages of violence and drugs, uh, to be very destructive to my community, mm-hmm. and I thought that I was going to have the same kind of wonderful message in the films that Cooley high was, and mm-hmm. that was and that violence is uh sick and um a cancer in our society mm-hmm. and um it's it it's uh it's futile and useless to participate in it uh but of course that's not uh Cooley High was a fluke, mm-hmm. so the rest of the um uh, uh, films that came out or that were trying to come out at that time, um, were built around a very negative image mm-hmm. of African American people. And, uh, I just didn't want to participate in it. So I broke my contract and decided that, uh, the best thing to do was just not to sit on the sidelines and whine about uh, the racist society, but to do something about it. And well, did you grow up in Chicago? I grew up in Chicago in the Cabrini Green projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how
0: did you get cast? Just to very quickly. Well, I, how that I had,
1: uh, you know, I, I, I'm an actress. I, I, uh, at that time I had graduated from Loyola University. Mm. Um, I had done a lot of major theater in Chicago mm. at, um, Goodman and, uh, uh, Victory Gardens and, um, uh, at that time, it, it was um, uh, a couple of other theaters that, that employed African-American artists, and my agent submitted me. Mm-hmm. I was uh, not a teenager at the time by any stretch of the imagination, but I auditioned, and I got the part of uh, Johnny May, which uh, was a featured role as the main character's girlfriend.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one more question about your background. Mm-hmm. Had you had any exposure to theater or training before you got to college?
1: Uh, yes, I did. I, I um, In Cabrini, there was a park district called Seward Park, and it's still there to this day, even though the projects are gone. And um, we had drama class and tap class and music class. And uh, so I had had, um, um, I did a lot of, plays. I wrote a lot of plays in school. I was a crazy child. I, I, uh, I needed a lot of attention and I Mm. would, um, actually in my classroom, you know, I would, I would control the classroom every day. And, and, uh, uh, I went to a Catholic school called St. Joseph's and the, the nuns were, they were really smart. And, um, whereas I had been told that I was bad, um, Uh, there was one nun who said, you know, you're not bad, you're creative and you're, you're really, really smart and you're bored. So you, you know, you, because you, you pass all the tests, you don't do any studying, you don't, you, you don't pay attention in class and you, you have the whole class under your whole control all day. She said, we, we got to garner that energy. Ah. She said, she, she brought me into the gym, which had a stage and she said, this is your stage. Mm. This is your theater she said you could do anything you want i'll give you all the kids that you want as long as they're passing and you can sit in here all day and you can put on plays and you can write and you can direct and that's exactly what i did wow <laughs> what was her name i think she should be uh, sister, celestine. sister she, celestine she she she's not a nun anymore mm. but then she was sister celestine mm-hmm. and i had her for the 6th 7th and 8th grade wow. And uh, she really changed my life because then it was uh, to, to have that kind of opportunity and to have that insight. So after that, you know, I was an A student. I never disrupted the classroom again and I put on a lot a lot of shows Wow, that's
0: fabulous. <laughs> at St. Joseph yeah yeah so then you were on to Loyola and you did major in theater there
1: no I, then I went to St. Michael's which is a high school oh, and right. I, mm-hmm. I, I did all the stuff that you do in high school mm-hmm. um uh, and then I went to Loyola where I majored in theater mm-hmm. and uh, with a, at that time, a minor in education. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So now
0: we, so then you get, you do some theater in Chicago, then you get cast in this movie, you get disaffected yeah. with the whole culture of mm-hmm. the films that you were doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we're up to the moment.
1: Well, yes. I decided that, you know, um, in order to have change, you, you, you either you, you, you have to make it happen. You, mm-hmm. And talking isn't going to make it happen. You have to do something. And growing up in Chicago, um, Chicago is a very racist city. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're still quite segregated, even though it's better than what it was when I was a little girl. But uh, nonetheless, I was used to a, a lot of racist attitudes. I mean, when I grew up in Cabrini, right down the street was the Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there was an imaginary line that we knew that we couldn't step over Wells street and we couldn't go past Halstead in another direction because we would get in trouble and we would get called all kinds of names and Mm -hmm. we didn't want to have that experience. We were kind of boxed in. Um, so I, I decided that, um, I really wanted to make a difference. I wanted to, to make a change. And so I decided that I would, would, um, Start a theater and I would utilize that theater to make a difference. Mm-hmm. So, the mission of Black Ensemble Theater is to eradicate racism. That's, that was the mission then when I started it, and it's still the mission today. Um, because I really felt that uh, if anything can, can help to eliminate the ignorance that we have in our society that is the basis of racism, Mm -hmm. it's the arts, Mm -hmm. it's culture.
0: So that wasn't a really unambitious goal (laughs) when you founded your theater. No, it wasn't.
1: It was a goal that uh, both blacks and whites had a very, very strong reaction to Mm -hmm. uh, because the African-American community thought, why, what are we need to focus on our culture we need to focus on on getting our messages to our people mm-hmm. and i agree uh with that mm-hmm. um and then there was the white culture saying why are you dreaming this pipe dream uh why don't you focus on something that's a little more achievable like um uh, uh crossing barriers or Mm -hmm. you know uh, Mm -hmm. cultural diversity at that time wasn't a buzzword but you know cultural interaction Mm -hmm. um but that's how I saw it that it had to be eliminated Mm -hmm. and not crossing cultures and not just focusing on one culture but to eliminate racism Mm -hmm. and um I never wavered from that, and I didn't quite frankly give a damn about what anybody said. Mm. I knew what my spirit told me to do, and that's what I began with and stuck to. Um And I get questions today, well, with tongue-in-cheek, have you eliminated racism? Mm. And I say, you know, when the Wright Brothers announced that they were going to create a machine that flew through the air, I'm sure that those people at that time looked at those brothers and Mm -hmm. said, what kind of fools do we have here? Mm -hmm. Are they out of their minds? That's impossible. But they had a spirit Mm -hmm. that made them persevere. And even though they only got their machine in the air for 10 seconds, they planted a seed. Mm -hmm. Eliminating racism sounds just as impossible as the Wright Brothers flying machine did. But it's a seed. Mm -hmm. And is it going to happen in my lifetime? Absolutely not. I can't even imagine it. But I know that there will come a time where racism, the way that we know it today, will not exist. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. So, so the, the impulse for the theater was really an activist impulse as much as an artistic one is mm-hmm. that is that right mm-hmm. and so who did you who was attracted to come help you? you you couldn't have done it completely alone there must have been people oh
1: there. no of course not of course not uh there were like-minded people um i've always been a a, a very good marketing person mm-hmm. uh so i went to people who i knew had a voice in the community uh one of the very first people that I went to was Herb Cupsenate, of mm-hmm. Cups column of right. the Sun Times. And I told him my vision and what I saw. You and just he, you just
0: cold called him? You said Yes,
1: I did. Wow. I said, Hi, is this <laughs> Cup? He said, Yes it is. I said, This is Jackie Taylor. He said, Okay. <laughs> I said, I'm starting a theater. It's the Black Ensemble Theater. And we just, we started talking. And, um, he took a meeting with me, him and his wife, Essie. And, uh, I told him my vision and he, he loved it. Mm-hmm. He bought, he bought into it right away. And he started supporting me through his column. And then he got other people to support me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well known people in Chicago, um, and then uh national people like Sidney portier and uh people that i would eventually come to work with and then you know we we think that it's our idea and we're the only ones but it it's not mm-hmm. our idea and we're never the only ones there are always others who are like minded And who are thinking the same thing. All they need to do is to hear it so that it gives them the opportunity to rally around it. Mm. And that's what, uh, that's what happened. It was like-minded people, people who cared, people who believed in the mission and wanted to ensure that that mission would continue.
0: Mm. So did you start with a just a producing company? With, were you just putting on plays, or did you have the educational component going from the beginning? Well, when I was a teacher at
1: that time also. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I made my money. I was a mm-hmm. teacher. Um, I would go to school during the day and come to the theater in the evening and give my paycheck to the Black Ensemble Theater <laughs> And, and eat what? <laughs> ramen noodles. <laughs> <laughs> Those
0: good old ramen noodles. They're very important to the theater world. Very right? <laughs> important. Uh,
1: but, um, so. And you were teaching, what were you teaching? I, I was teaching school. But, I mean, what age or what? Well, I started with the second grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then went to, that was my career mm-hmm. in, in acting of course i uh, i was able to make a very very good living uh acting mm-hmm. i did a lot of theater a lot of commercials a lot of television so i was i was i really made a very lucrative career and um uh i was able to give that to the theater but i started the theater with a loan i went to a bank wow and um I went through the whole process and then, um, they ran my credit and every, I mean, I was young. I I didn't have any, you know, I didn't have any negative, anything against my name in terms of credit. So I was a great, you know, risk Uh and they were really willing and able to lend me some money. And it was just $1,200, but at the time, $1,200 is like $12,000 now. right? And, um, Uh, when we got to the end of the process, the, the, the bank guy was, he was just ecstatic. And he was like, we're going to be able to loan you from our blah, 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 blah. And, uh, I just need to know what you need it for. I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to open a theater. And he just put, took all his papers and put them, put them back in the file. I said, oh no, I'm so sorry. (laughs) We can't. Loan you money for, for that, he said, because, uh, that's not collateral and the arts, we, we don't loan money for that. I said, well, what do you loan money for? He said, well, if you want to buy furniture or you're buying a car, something that has some substance and some collateral. I said, okay, well, thank you very much for your time. And I went across the street. There was another bank, uh, And we went all through the process again and the same reaction. This is marvelous. We're going to be able to do this for you. Now I need to know what are you, what do you need the money for? And I said to buy furniture. <laughs> and he said, okay, very good. <laughs> the furniture was theater seats? Yes, was, it? It was it was. It was uh, something in the theater. Uh, but I didn't tell him the details. Right, right. right. Uh, and that's how I started the company mm-hmm. in, in Old Town, 1429 North Wales well Street.
0: So right down there by um, uh, Second,
1: Second City, City and, mm-hmm. in that area. Right? right. They were right down the street. Joyce Sloan used to send uh, the patrons who couldn't get in down to Black Ensemble. Oh, that's great. There's <laughs> another theater down the street. They're really good. You need to go in. So, uh, <laughs> they were, uh, Joyce was a wonderful theater mother.
0: So, what kind of work were you producing uh, at that point, and is it similar to what you're doing now?
1: No, no, it's not similar to what I was doing now because I I, I, I stumbled upon um, this niche that we have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was well, I started out with my uh, the other Cinderella, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a big hit. Uh, so,
0: how far back does that that show go?
1: 1976. So that was right from the beginning. That was the first yeah, show that right. I produced. Okay, and uh, I which put, you wrote. I, Yes, I wrote and pl- wrote the music and uh, played Cinderella. Um, and uh, that was a big hit. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, this theater stuff is easy, except it wasn't, uh, we weren't getting any kind of mixed audience. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I couldn't say, okay, this is helping eradicate racism. You know, I couldn't say any of that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it ran, uh, a long time and I thought, oh, okay, this is going to be easy, but I had no business sense. So I didn't, um, plan or put money away. I just uh, paid everybody. And, um, I realized when I closed the show, mm, I didn't do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Live and learn. Right. I should have budgeted cause I don't have a show now. Right. So, um, uh, I, I, I wanted a show that would, cross cultural barriers. Mm-hmm. And so I kept trying different things. I, I did some, uh, classic pieces. I, I did, uh, uh, the classics are not the thing to try because Nobody comes to the classics. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they have a very small audience. You know, right. not too many people are interested in Julius Caesar or Medea. Even mm. you know, if you're doing it differently, mm-hmm. And they have a very small audience anyway. Were you doing those with
0: completely African American casts? Yes. Uh-huh. yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so those plays uh, weren't working, mm. and uh, I was looking. I was hunting. And I was producing and we were making it, uh, you know, uh, staying alive. How much were
0: you subsidizing with your own income from acting? Oh, I don't know. Some?
1: Oh, yes. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. 90%, really. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, so we were, we were staying alive and we were getting a name because our, productions were good but um we weren't getting a cross cultural audience we weren't speaking to we weren't you know having people interact and communicate with one another uh that were from different backgrounds and different cultures and that's what i was looking for in my mind mm-hmm. so um in 1984 we 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 you know went up and down and but we kept moving and in 1984 uh, uh, a, a man by the name of Jimmy Tillman came to me with a script uh, that he had written for his high school called Muddy Waters. Mm. And was he in
0: high school, or he was a teacher? No, he was a teacher. teacher okay. He was
1: also a teacher. Mm-hmm. That's how I knew him. We were. I was a teacher at uh, the same school that he was a teacher, mm-hmm. and um, he brought me a script, and I said, "Well, you no, know, we we'll, we would have to read." Write this script, but the idea intrigued me, Mm uh, because the blues at that time had a very large, uh, cross cultural appeal. And I thought, okay, well, now this already music already has cross cultures. Right. That's what we really all have in common. Right. And I was like, this, you know, this might help me. So I took the, uh, play and um, rewrote it and uh, Jimmy uh, uh, was the musical I made him the musical director and said okay you take care of the music and I'll take care of the script and get the actors and uh, let's work together on this Was he himself a blues musician? Yes, Mm -hmm. he was a blues and he still is a blues drummer Mm -hmm. so um, I I produced Muddy Waters, The Hoochie Coochie Man starring uh, Roy Hightower who are uh, now his name is Dr. Root but then his name was Roy Hightower and he was a really popular blues artist Mm -hmm. and overnight I had a cross culture audience. Mm -hmm. I had people who were speaking with each Mm -hmm. other and uh, uh, sitting next to each other and talking to each other and talking to the actors and and the white people saying, why, why, why do the black people talk during the, to the actors? Uh-huh. Oh, it's just part of our culture. That's what we do. You know, yeah. it's just like being in church, you know, you, right. you talk back. It's, it's a good thing. Uh-huh. Enjoy yourself. So that was the beginning of, okay, this, this biography was good. And, uh, the fact that we chose the blues was good. Uh-huh. So that really worked. And that was the beginning of um our niche yeah um and
0: that's been a good long time now because that's 84 yes, 84
1: years. so people know what to expect when they well, come well they know first of all they know that when they leave the theater they're gonna feel great mm-hmm. they're gonna feel uplifted mm-hmm. they're gonna be happy about being alive
0: yeah
1: and they're they, they will have made an interracial connection
0: mm-hmm.
1: period um We have a lot of people who come to the theater and they don't know what's playing Mm -hmm. and they don't care. So it's, 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 it's a black ensemble experience now that Mm -hmm. people are coming Mm -hmm. to get. So you found your niche in terms of
0: your artistic approach. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and, and the reason that fit your mission was because you were attracting these multiracial audiences primarily, right? right? Mm -hmm. Is there, is there more you can say about what makes a black ensemble? Theater piece?
1: Uh, They're all educational. Mm -hmm. You're going to learn something. Mm -hmm. You're going to learn something about humanity Mm -hmm. and you're going to learn something about yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, They all surpass whatever race or background that you have, Mm -hmm. they go past that. Right. And they hit a human common chord that we all have. Yeah, yeah. So, along with
0: producing, I mean, you're here in the, uh, uptown Hull House, which is a community center. And in fact, we're hearing kids, uh, playing in the, uh, playground right outside the window. Um, so talk a little bit about the other parts of your mission besides producing.
1: Well, we, uh, we have a very strong educational arm mm-hmm. because once a teacher, always a teacher, no right. matter what. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work with kids who, are identified Mm -hmm. as low as high risk or dropouts or uh, underserved. Mm -hmm. Um, And we work with them to strengthen who they are, their beliefs in themselves, and to increase their learning skills. And you're doing that
0: through arts training through classes through performances? Uh, well we, what, we, what
1: we go into the schools. Mm-hmm. I have a school here at Black Ensemble where I train artists mm-hmm. how to teach in the classroom mm-hmm. because we want to impact the teachers and we want to impact the students. Yeah. We want to impact the teachers so that they enhance their skills and understand how theater is already a part of their classroom mm-hmm. to begin with mm-hmm. and how to use that to their advantage. So that they can control the movement, the focus, the energy, the emotion of the classroom. Because if that isn't under control, the students cannot learn. Period. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. now I counted up over the years about how many students we've served, and it's about one hundred twenty-five thousand kids. Oh my goodness, that's yeah. a big number. Yeah.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're training artists to go into those schools, and mm-hmm. then what are they doing in the classroom? They're
1: teaching. They're teaching. Um, the curriculum through theater. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So that they, the students still learn the arts, uh, but they're also learning what they're supposed to learn in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So we're not a, we're not a, 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 a program that, um, is separate from what they're doing in their classroom environment. We're part of that classroom environment. Yes. And when we leave, we want for our program to continue Mm -hmm. uh, through the, Teachers who experience what we do and, and use and learn our vocabulary and work with us through to the end of the year so that when we're done, it wasn't just a program that came in and left. It was a program that affected the culture of the school in a Mm -hmm. very positive way.
0: Can you give an example of an exercise you do or a way that you're, you're using the arts in the curriculum? Because I think that would be interesting to picture.
1: Well, let's say, um, For instance, if the students had to, a grade school student has to, uh, read, uh, maybe a second grader, uh, and they're, we work with uh, students who have difficulties Mm -hmm. in school. I had a second grade class once and they had all failed and they were very angry, uh, and, Um, I went in and, uh, I passed out blank sheets of paper and I had a blank sheet of paper and I put my name on it and I told them, put your name on your paper. And then I said, I'm going to read my paper to y'all. And I held up my blank sheet of paper and I read it and I told the story. I can't (laughs) remember what the story was, but I told a little short story. That's the end of my story. Okay, read yours. And they got up and they, everybody wanted to read their paper, even though it wasn't nothing on it. And they looked at that paper. Right, right. Then I recorded it. And then when I recorded it, I typed it out. And then I sent it back. I gave it all back to them. And I said, okay, there's your, those are your stories. You wrote those stories. Mm. Now I want you to read them again. And I want, I want you to, to, to read, to, to read, read them out loud once more. Mm-hmm. and, uh, that allowed me to see, okay, what were they missing? Mm-hmm. Uh, did they not understand the concepts of how to put the letters together that let me decipher, okay, this is why they don't know how. Mm-hmm. So I got to teach these skills mm-hmm. and, uh, so that they can take them. But first I had to instill confidence. Yeah. They yeah. can all read children. those stories right, <laughs> yeah. uh, and having them use their imagination yeah. and having them be successful um uh and those are those are basic theater skills that you have to have you 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 can't be an actor if you don't have confidence mm-hmm. you can't um if you don't know how to use your imagination if you don't try to put yourself. In the forefront and take risks. Those are basic theater skills that you have to have. But they're also basic learning tools that you have to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the basis of our program. We, we help teachers to understand, uh, why the theater, why their classroom is a theater. What, what makes it, I mean, a theater is full of emotion. So is a classroom, mm. you know, 25 to 30 very emotional little children with very different needs. Um, there's a director in the theater. Mm. There's a director in that classroom. Right. Might be the teacher, might not. It might be you when you were in uh, sixth grade or whatever. It, right, is. right. Might be one, you know, yeah. one of the students yeah. or all of the students. Mm. Uh, theater has to have a stage mm. and the structure of the, of, of, of the movement has to be controlled. So do the emotions. You, you have to have that in the classroom. Yeah, you have yeah. to have control. You have to have physical control and emotional control and understand how to manipulate your students so that you build their self-esteem. You build their confidence. You build them up with, mm-hmm. uh, the proper supportive words. When I used to always tell my teachers, don't mark your kids with red pen. Don't do that. Don't give them an F. Don't put an F on the paper. Mm-hmm. Put something on there like, oh, you can do so much better." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see me after school. We'll try again. Or mm-hmm. uh, I never tell my students that's wrong. That's not. That's that's the wrong answer. I never say that. I always say, "Um, mm, look at you thinking. I love that. You are really thinking. Very good." It doesn't quite. Go right to my question, but it's okay. You're Mm. getting close. You're getting Mm. close. Okay, who can get a little closer Mm. until I can get what I need? Because how you, that's, children are highly intelligent beings. If they're not learning, it's not because they don't have it in their brain. There's something going on whether it's at home, uh whether it's in, in the class, but it's something happening that's not allowing them to the function to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. And when you utilize theater in the classroom, it helps you to identify what's going on. I have my kids do scenes. You're the mother, you're the son. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you came home late. Well, some kids do that scene and they're, Talking down to the child and mm-hmm. telling the child that they're stupid and okay. Well, okay, teacher, you see that? That's that child's mother yeah. that you've never seen, right. but they, they can only didn't. create yeah. what they know. Right. And that's, that's why that child cannot, you got to build that child up. You have to tell that child, Hey, you know, you are, you, you, you have a lot of potential. You, you're going to, you can do well, you know. Give them responsibility. I used to, I used to give my problem kids. I used to uh, give them a sheet of paper. Come here, come here. Take this down to to uh, Miss Lacey and then uh, uh, get stand there, get the note, and then bring it back to me. I said, now this is this is very important. Do you think you can handle this? Because I'm gonna need you to handle this without any kind of plan, just go down there, get my answer, and come back. Can you do that? Oh, yes. Yes, Miss Taylor, I can do that. Okay, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to mm-hmm. trust you because I think that you can be trusted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Would nothing be on the paper? I'd seal it up and put it in. the And and my other teacher that I had, to, you know, that knew what to do with, oh, okay, all right. And she write, fold <laughs> <laughs> it up, send it back and then they bring it back upstairs and I read it and I said, "Oh, baby, this was so important. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate that. Now sit down. I don't want to hear from you in a negative way for the rest of the day. Make that kind of positive choice that you just did just then because mm-hmm. you know you can do it. Mm-hmm. You got to instill that kind of
0: confidence. It has to be another voice besides that mother who oh, they gosh. were in Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Um let's just Quickly get us up to now. You have the theater now has been going for 35 years. You've got this program built. You're working in all these schools. And now at this juncture, you have a new uh, kind of phase opening up because you've got a new space about to open.
1: A 56,000-square-foot Black Ensemble Theater Cultural Center.
0: And what's going to be in that building besides the performances?
1: It has two theaters. Mm -hmm. It has a a 299-seat theater where we'll have our regular uh, productions that we're famous for mm. and then it'll have a 150 seat theater which will be an experimental theater where we'll experiment with all kinds of productions mm. to see what we can do it's going to be productions that will attract young people mm. because we want to keep that uh energy moving throughout the building throughout the theater so that it's just uh we, we're not worried about our audiences. Uh, all being one age mm. and, and then leaving us and we, we, we want to keep that circle going. Right. So the, the, the small theater will, uh, be youth orientated. In fact, the first production in the small theater is going to be, uh, the story of Tupac Shakur. Uh, so we figure that'll bring in, yeah. uh, a lot of people, a lot yeah. of crossover and a lot of, uh, uh, young folks who are interested in, uh, the greatness of Tupac. Uh, it will have a dance studio. Uh, it will have a, um, uh, uh, facilities that the community can use. Uh It's going to be a cultural center, which means we're going to bring in different cultures from around the world, and they'll do, you know, we'll have special events where we'll highlight uh, the Japanese culture or mm-hmm. the Ethiopian culture or the Chinese culture. Those will be performances? Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There'll be special event performances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we'll have a lot of uh, uh educational outreach programs for the community and... Um, uh, to help to uh, strengthen particularly uptown community mm-hmm. and the and the youth in uh, uptown who are having difficulties, mm-hmm. uh, we want to uh, be a community cultural center as well as a national cultural center mm-hmm. and
0: that's going to be that is on Clark Street at forty four fifty
1: north Clark Street, so just
0: two blocks. West of where we are, right? Yes. Great. Well, I just can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to me about this, and that was a, a great conversation. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you for having me.